Hello. Welcome to the Crystal Crawford Show from my bedroom. Welcome to my bedroom. Um, I've taken to sitting on my bed instead of sitting on a chair in my room because my bed is much more comfortable. And I get to sit on this like blanket that feels like a chinchilla. So I'm just going to get the chinchilla energy through my body as I'm having this live today. Hi, Sabrina. Hi, Chelsea. Hi, Karen. So I call today's episode being the C CFO of your life. Um, this is it by no means. I was just listening to a session with you. Awesome. Hi, Dorothy. Hi, Anna. This is by no means a comprehensive look at this topic, you guys. Being the CFO of your life is a massive conversation. Um, and I uh, joined the Bowman's Prosperity Series. So for those of you that haven't yet chosen that, I would consider it, even though I have my own series starting next week. I want to invite you to that too. Pick whichever one is going to actually expand your life and pick your and, and expand your financial reality. But what the, the bigger conversation that I wanted to really have today, and I have a lot of questions actually from you guys, uh, those of you that are in my Reinventinator group, uh, I asked you for questions and you contributed, so I'm going to answer a lot of those. But I wanted to start out the the, the session. I want to start out the session by saying, um, being the CFO of my life is a new adventure for me, and it wasn't. It isn't an adventure that I actually knew that I wanted to invite myself on until I met the Bowmans, uh, Stephen and Jatissa Bowman, and. It, it just sort of started becoming a thing in my world when I saw that the way that they are with money, the way they were creating their life, the way Chitissa was with money, that the space that they are around money, I started actually looking at like, what would it be like to be the chief financial officer of my life? Now, I don't have a corporate background, so I didn't even really have any reference points for that. And so I had to go Google what a chief financial officer was, and I'm probably going to butcher this a little bit, but basically the chief financial officer in the company is always looking at the finances and always really looking at like how can they be greater? How can the finances in the business be greater? And if my life is the business of my life and it's not just about paying the bills, if you know, if I have shareholders in my life, if I have, you know, if I really were running my life like I were running a company, what would be different about the way I was running my life financially? And there were so many different facets to that that began to open up. One of the things that opened up was I realized that I would be very aware of the finances. I would be looking at them. I would be looking at what we were spending and what was going out. And I'd have no point of view because it wasn't my money I was playing with as the chief financial officer of a company, right? It would be the company's money. And so there wouldn't be attachment to it. It would just be an assessment of what was going on. And I was like, well, when it comes to my money, you know, I have all this attachment and all this stuff going on. And I was like, okay, so what would it be like to actually look at my money as if I were running a company? What would it be like to know what I'm spending? What would it be like to know what I'm asking for? What would the projected incomes be? What would I have to be aware of in terms of cash flow? Like there was all of this awareness that would be occurring that I would be choosing if I were choosing to be the CFO of my life. Now, that is not the way my financial reality was. That's not what I was choosing growing up. Like uh, I wasn't even taught to be that way. My mom basically knew she had a limited amount of money. She had a limited amount of piano students and a limited amount of child support. And she would make a budget. She would pre-spend the money by you know, writing it all out in her date book. I remember her doing it every single week. It would be spent. 
So anytime we required anything as kids, we could go to her and we could ask, but nine and a half times out of 10, the answer was, we don't have the money for that. And I didn't know how to balance. I mean, growing when I was in my 20s, we were still doing checkbooks. So, you know, balancing your checkbook was a thing, which was basically how you know how much money's in your account. And I didn't know how to do that. I actually didn't even know how to create money. I didn't know how to do anything around money that I, I just had to teach myself how to do. And a lot of what I did learn about money, I learned through getting into business, uh, which is funny because I didn't actually think, I, don't, I didn't have anybody teach me the skills to be in business, but I'm like, I can do this. So I just jumped in with both feet and, um, and I started learning how to manage cash flow. Because one of the things when we bought our first business, which was a pizzeria, I had a restaurant in downtown Mississauga in Toronto. Um, I realized that I had to know as the business owner, like what was happening with our cash. Because we would have these bills that would come due that we had to pay on time to be able to keep running our business. And I had to know and have the cash for that. So I had to be, I had to add a different level of awareness to, to my thing to be able to keep running that business. And so I developed these skills running that business that I, I then started to try to apply in my life. But then, but then all of that you know, added up to when Access Consciousness came into my world. And with all of these tools, like oh, Access Consciousness is this massive set of tools that you can create anything with. I had to start looking at like what I wanted to create as my financial reality. And in the beginning, what I wanted to create was my financial realities. I wanted enough money to, you know, uh, go to classes. So in the beginning, it was about making choices that were going to expand my life regardless of how I got there. And I was using all kinds of credit to get to classes and, um, and some cash, but a lot of credit. And I was working some, but it was this mix of like anything it took. I didn't care if I went into debt to get to classes. So that was, that was the beginning of the creation of my financial reality, which was cool. And I got to a lot of classes. I actually got through Maestro. I got to certified facilitators and I got through Maestro with that point of view. Um, but after Maestro, I came back and I was totally maxed and I'd quit my job. And so the creation of my financial reality became um, generating cash in a totally different way because I didn't want to go back to waiting tables. I tried applying to a couple of places here in Vancouver and I was like, oh, that is not fun. So the creation of my financial reality became, okay, so how can I create cash in a totally different way? Hi, good morning, Claire. Hi, Andra. So I started playing with that and I started generating income online. And you guys, I started meeting you guys online, which was amazing. And then I still wanted to go to classes, but I was maxed and I didn't have any credit and I wanted to pay down my credit, but I didn't know how to do that. So the creation of my financial reality became the question of like, what's it going to take to go to these classes with cash and never using credit again? So I created that because that was the new demand in my world. That's what started showing up. Um, and and I still was just paying minimums on my credit cards. I was still paying minimums. You know, I was just doing like whatever I could do to create cash to go, which was which I was accomplishing, but minimums on my cards. And then, you know, I up, started up leveling my life. So the creation of my financial reality included up leveling. Uh, we're gonna now we're gonna live in different places, and we're gonna pay more rent every month. And you know, so now I'm living in this massive mansion on the side of a hill in Vancouver. Great. But this year, the creation of my financial reality includes even more. And this is what I want you guys to get is that you are currently creating your financial reality. Your, whatever is showing up right now is what you're choosing to create. That is amazing. Now, before you go making yourself wrong for that on any level, you want to get that that's a gift 
You're choosing whatever's showing up right now. The reason that's a gift is because you always have another choice. Now I was having a conversation and then I'll get to these questions that you guys put in the group. Um, I was having a conversation with another facilitator today who's struggling right now creating cash. And I offered my time. I was like, hey, listen, I'm happy to have a conversation about this. And what we finally got to is I was like, the thing is you can't create cash from the place of, hi Simon, from the place of doubting yourself, from the place of worrying about people who are gonna judge you, from the place of going into confusion, you can't create from that place. Because if you're trying, what's gonna happen is that you're actually undermining everything, hi Marianella, that you could choose to be that's actually the generation of what you're asking for. So every time you go into, well, I don't know, or every time you go into confusion, or every time you put something out in the world and then you fuck yourself up in your head about whether or not people are gonna pay you and getting worried about it, going into all of the thoughts and the feelings and the emotions of this reality, that's the thing that's destroying what can show up in your world. And I was like, this is where you have to get really present with yourself and develop a new practice, develop a new muscle of going, okay, so I'm going into doubt, interesting point of view, I have this point of view. Like you have to actually start using a tool for every single moment that comes up for you when you're choosing to move forward and choosing to create your financial reality differently. And I would say for me, that is one of the biggest pieces of being the CFO of my life is when I go into a weird funky space with anything I'm trying to create around money that I get really present and go, that's not the space I'm gonna to choose to create from. What space can I choose to create from that's greater than that? Of knowing, of being and knowing and receiving that the things that I'm choosing, hi Tracy, hi Bobby John, are actually gonna show up when they show up in the way that they show up and I'm just gonna keep choosing and I'm gonna keep moving forward and I'm gonna keep adding and I'm gonna keep asking. And that is the aggressive presence with you that actually creates the space from which money can show up. But money can't show up from doubt. Money doesn't spring from confusion. Money doesn't come from um, worrying about it. Money doesn't spring from need. Money doesn't spring from lack. None of those energies actually create money. And it's with all of those energies you have to get really demanding of yourself going, okay, so if none of this is actually gonna actualize what I'm asking for, then what can I be for me that's gonna change the space from which I'm functioning? Because that's being money. That's the being money is knowing that it's going to show up because you're asking for it and you're being whatever it takes for it to show up. And so as I was talking to my friend this morning, you know, I was like, listen, let me give you the energy of the space that generates and creates money. And there's more to it than that, but let me show you what I know. And she's like, yeah, thank you for showing me that because that's what I'm not doing. I'm not demanding of myself that I actually be that present with me. I'm getting unpresent by going into need and lack and doubt and all of those other things. So I want to start getting um, into this, into some of these questions that you guys asked so that you guys can benefit from, from what comes up. So Marianelle asked me, she's like, I'm actualizing money in various ways like raffles, gifts, and travels, none of which represent cash and not in the amounts I desire. What else is possible and how can I be, be it with ease, joy, and glory? And my question actually to Marianella, and I know she's live, is um, are, you, are you actually asking for cash? Or is it easier to receive things that don't have cash attached? Is there less challenge in the asking for things that don't have cash attached? There's something that I'm noticing in asking for money and being willing to be money and put yourself out there to receive money. There's a challenge in there somewhere that 
that I notice in my world, and I'm wondering about you guys. Um, and it's, it's a similar confronting energy that, that I'm looking at in all of my life right now. Whereas like when I'm choosing to go into business with my roommates, I'm sort of faced with the same, I'm going to call it a challenge for now, which is faced with being present with all that I am, all of the vulnerability that I actually have around the topic, all of the strength that I have, all of the conclusions I might have, all of the, all of the me that is the hot mess of magic. I love that phrase from Kelly Early. I'm confronted with being that when I choose to ask for money. I'm confronted with receiving me in totality when I choose to ask for money. You know, when I choose to put a program out there, it's not because I'm perfect or because I'm a perfect facilitator and I'm doing consciousness perfectly. It's because I'm choosing to put a program out there and I'm choosing to do it and you're invited to come play with me. But if you're not willing to actually be the all that you are, then it, it gets interesting asking for money. You are all that you are right now, and you're going to be all that you are tomorrow. And very likely you're going to be greater than you were yesterday, if that's something that you're asking for. And not only is that okay, that's a gift, but asking for money means you've got to be willing to receive you as the gift that you are in your totality, right? Not because you're perfect, not because you have it all together, not because you have the credentials, not because of anything, but just because you are. So most of the time when money's not showing up in your world, you're not asking for it or you're not willing to be whatever it is that's required of you to be able to receive it. Because you don't have a receiving problem, you have a being problem. And the being problem isn't a problem. It's literally a choice of going, okay, so what would I have to be willing to be to ask for money and receive it with ease? Okay. Shana wrote in the group, Shana's world is totally changing. Her business is growing dynamically. She's adding interns. And she said, our financial situation is changing dynamically. Again, when I was teaching, we were content. Um, we had enough. When I stopped teaching for a while, there was less. When that happened, I got scared of our finances. I couldn't check the accounts. She went into like, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I don't know anything about that. Um, thankfully, hubby dealt with things. And now there's more money. We're getting out of debt faster than we imagined. And how does it get better than that? But I still contract every time I think about money. Yeah, that's because money's not a thinking thing, first of all. So every time you go into thinking about money, every time you go into thinking and worrying, thinking, worrying, needing, lacking, that's where you go into not being you. That's where you go into the, the constructs of this reality around money. Look, there's a contextual reality around money and there's a non-contextual reality of money. Contextual reality says, you should look at this and look at this and worry about this and think about this and have feelings about this. That's all contextual reality. Non-contextual reality is being willing to be aware of everything with no point of view and receiving everything and using questions and choices. That's non-contextual reality with money. Listen, your brain is not involved in non-contextual reality. It's your awareness and your knowing and your being and your receiving that's involved in non-contextual reality. Now you get how this is a totally different universe. Like you got one universe over here that's the one we're taught to function in with money and then this non-contextual reality with money that it's just totally other. So she said, I still have no idea what the accounts actually look like. I'm spending more easily following the energy. Then afterwards, briefly, I always tense up, wondering what I did to the accounts that I haven't seen in years. It's an icky space. What questions can I ask? So 
what I would play with in this situation, if you're in a situation where you're really not wanting to look at your accounts, where you know everything's, or you're hoping and wishing everything's okay, and you're pretty sure it is because somebody else is handling it, but you really don't want to know, is I would go, okay, so what choice can I make to know? First of all, am I going to die if I look at my accounts? Yes or no? No. Okay. If I do die, is that okay? Because like you really have to be willing to be okay with the worst case scenario. Worst case scenario, you open up your accounts and you you pass out cold, dead on the floor. That's the worst case scenario. If that occurred, would that be all right? Yeah, sure. I wouldn't have to deal with money anymore. Ollie's got a good dad, whatever, right? That's what I look at. It's like, what's the worst case scenario here? I die. Okay, cool. Open the accounts and look. Some of the things that you've been telling yourself that you're afraid of when it comes to money, well, first of all, fear is just not true for you. It's not true for an infinite being. It's a lie. And we have these stories that we run, 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 over in our head. I'm afraid. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. What would change in your world if you were willing to just turn around and know? And I'm doing this in every area of my life right now. I'm turning around and just looking at the things that I've been most afraid that I am. I've been turning around and looking at the things that I'm most afraid that it's true about me. I've been turning around and looking at my finances and going, okay, so what can I change here that's actually going to create this, create a future for me? I've been turning around and instead of closing my eyes to what's going on in my accounts, opening in them and going, okay, so what system can I put in place here that's actually going to create more ease for me? What automatic payments can I create? What programs can I create that are going to create ongoing revenue and support people at the same time? But all of that came from turning around and looking and going, okay, so what am I looking at here? I get that money is too complicated to bother with. Yeah. And that's actually a decision that you've made about you and not money. I'm too complicated to bother with. The way I am with money is too complicated to bother with. The way I live is too complicated to bother with, right? Those are just decisions and judgments we make about ourselves. Money is just a reflection of what we're actually choosing with our life. So if that's something that you've decided, you got to look at that and go, okay, well, am I too complicated to bother with? Am I actually that hard? Or is there a different possibility here that I haven't considered? Am I easier to deal with than I know? But there, is there a different way of being with money? Is there a different way of being in the world and being with myself that would be easier? So we, only, we just buy into all these points of view that money is hard. We buy into points of view that we are complicated, that there's something that we're actually, we change our mind all the time. We flip from this to that. Like we're, we're complicated somehow. And somehow that gets projected over onto money, right? The way we are with money is complicated. It's not complicated. It's just the way you are. One of the things I know about myself when it comes to money is I want to be able to spend what I want to spend when I want to spend it. Cool. Is that complicated or is that just what it is? It's what it is. Now, what does that mean? If I want to be able to spend what I want to spend when I need to spend it, I've got to be willing to create what it takes to have that. So what does it take to have that? Well, ongoing streams of income. What does it take to have that? Well, there's how many different ways can I create ongoing streams of income and how quickly? There's so many different ways of creating membership programs and, you know, things like this and things like this where it does generate money all the time. And if I want to support what I've decided is complicated about me, I can. I just have to be willing to create that. And the accounting and the bookkeeping isn't fun for me, so I bring in somebody else to do it. It is, it is required, though. And that was something I had to get really present with. I got really behind on my books for about two years, and I wasn't looking at it, wasn't looking at it, didn't want to know, didn't want to look at it. 
Finally, of course, I created my back against the wall. I had to look at it. I either had to look at it or I had to get out of business for myself. It was the kind of, I gave myself two choices, right? And so you can choose not to look at it. What future does that create? Or you can choose to look at it. And what future does that create? And this is where the future that I desired to create became more important to me than the choice to not look at it. The future I desired to create became more important to me than the choice to not look at it. And you've just got to be with you wherever you're at. It may be that the choice to not look at it is more important to you right now. And that's not wrong. It's just what it is. And the allowance that you could have for you in that is, gonna, is the thing that's going to give you the space for a different choice at some point. Okay? So, I'm working on a big project, someone said, and it needs a large amount of money to be actualized. What tools or questions can I play with? So, I would get a sense of what kind of money you're asking for and start asking for it. So, you're like, okay, so what's it going to take for this to show up? What can I do or be to contribute to this showing up? What actions can I take? Who can I talk to that would either give me advice, um, that would give me ideas, that, uh, that might be willing to contribute? And one of the things I got from Stephen Bowman, which was such a fucking epic thing that we've used over and over and over since we heard it, he's like, if you ask for advice, you'll get money. If you ask for money, you'll always get advice. So I would go around and talk to every single person that you know and ask for their advice. Look, I want to do this thing. Do you have any advice for me? Go find the smartest people you know, the people that have made the most money, and go ask them, hey, do you have any advice for us? That's exactly what we did that got us into this house, by the way. We started asking all of our friends who were mortgage brokers and realtors. We were like, hey, we want to, we want to rent this house in West Van. Do you have any advice for us? One of the realtors told us all about the real estate market, told us that it was slowing down, which actually gave us the information that we had the edge and we could ask for a lower rent. Um, another one of the mortgage brokers gave us all kinds of information about buying in Vancouver, what we were actually gonna require to buy that we didn't know before. So that gave us some different information and helped us get into this house. Um, asking for advice is such a fucking amazing tip. I've used my 10%, this person said, to start up a business. It feels light to do business. I'm in judgment of myself. That was the whole question. <laughs> okay, cool. So you used your 10%. So what other choices do you have now? So a 10% account, for those of you guys that don't know, and a lot of you are in access, so you've heard about this, is the thing that you do where you take 10% off of the top of every money you bring in, no matter what. No matter if you've got bills to pay, anything else, food to buy, you take 10% off the top regardless. And that is the account that you put away and you never spend. You can use it to invest in things, not invest in just anything. Like the, the idea of the 10% is that you have money and that it can grow for you. So it's, you're not investing it in, in depreciating assets like cars or things like that. If you're going to invest it at all, it's, it's to have money. It's to start giving you the sense that you have money. Even if your spending account is down to $0, you have money. Now, that's not the account that you dip into to, to create with unless it's something that you know is going to go up in value. It's an investment in you. And, and if you've used it, which I have before, you want to commit to yourself to pay it back with interest. Now, I am, I'm great at this and I have been really bad at this. I've done both sides of this. And being really bad at it has created less and being really great at it has created more. And none of it's wrong. So it's getting out of judgment of yourself is the first thing. Interesting point of view, I have this point of view. Interesting point of view, I have this point of view that I'm in judgment of me. Interesting point, like you actually, the first choice beyond anything having to do with money is to get out of judgment of yourself. 
and then going, okay, so what other choices do I have here that I haven't considered? And what would it take to replace that money with interest to myself? And see what that energy of the choice, see what that generates in your body. Because it's, we really, really, really discount what our choices contribute to us in terms of the energy that they are. Like when you choose to have your own back, when you choose to create your financial reality, that generates an energy in your body and an energy in your life and an energy for you that nobody else can gift you. Like you're the only one that can look at your financial reality and go, all right, we're going to change this. Where can I start? And that was one of the reasons I picked up this book. I think I did a video, short video on it, but the barefoot investor, I was in an airport in Australia and I was like, I'm changing this debt thing. And I'd read getting out of debt joyfully. And that was really helpful. I was doing a lot of those things, but there was, there was pieces of information missing for me. And so I was just tugged energetically to this bookstore in the um, Brisbane airport and I went and picked up this book and we're going to be using this book a lot in my 60 days in terms of like the systems that he has you set up on the back end where you've got accounts where you like set up a system where you're, you're donating and putting away money was so helpful to me. And sometimes when you're trying to create something different for yourself financially, there's information missing, right? It's not that you're fucked up. It's not that you're stupid. It's that you haven't been educated on how to do it. And so I set about educating myself on how to do it. What are some of the different ways I could do it? What are, you know, I've heard Gary's idea. I've heard Simone's idea. What are some other ideas? Because there was still something that was not quite there for me. And when I picked up this book, I'm like, oh, the missing pieces. Like this sort of ties in all of those things for me and gave me the information that I needed that functions better for my reality. So you also need to look at your financial reality and go, okay, so am I missing information here? Yes or no? If it's a yes, go looking for it. Go looking for it on the internet. Go to a bookstore. Go ask people for advice. Go Just go looking for it because the information you require exists um, and you just have to be willing to be that energy that's going to tug it into your world. Uh, Ms. Joy Jarrett said, I have no debt and I have enough income coming in to not have financial worries, uh, but I don't want to use that as a reason for not creating. What question can I ask to move from stable, enough, safe to whatever comes after that? Yeah, and I'm so glad you're here, Joy. The thing that I would say is that you, you as humanoid creators, we have to inspire ourselves to create. You have to choose things that are big enough for you to inspire you to create. Otherwise, you're good. Because we don't really, we don't have a point of view about money. I don't know if you've noticed that about yourself, but if you could create change in the world and not ask for money, that would probably be your preferred method of functioning in the world, right? So money for us is like, eh, take it or leave it. The thing is that money creates things. It gives you choices. It gives you things that you can choose with your world, as you know. So I have to trick myself into creating more all the time. I have to choose cars that cost too much and choose houses that cost too much and choose trips that cost too much. I have to choose beyond what I'm currently creating to make it interesting for myself. And that's going to have to be something that you play with yourself. It's like, what choices can you make that actually trick you into creating way more than you ever knew was possible? And then this morning, Tracy says, when faced with the dilemma of how to pay for a class, I found myself looking at the difference in the energy between paying by credit card as opposed to my little savings account. Interestingly, there was quite a difference, which I had not been aware of before. I'd been using my card with quite a bit of unawareness and treating my savings account like gold. So I'm ready to explore the notion of money being energy, and I would love to know more about that. Well, we're going to get into this in great detail over the 60 days, which starts next week. 
Um, so if that's something that you're really interested in practicing every day, I'm inviting you. What I would say about that is um, it reminds me of that moment where I really, I really did look at my life and I was like, okay, I'm using credit like it's money, but it's not, it's credit. And what would it be like to actually demand of myself to pay cash for everything that I choose? And it was just a different energy. Remember how I was talking about earlier, like you've got to acknowledge the energy that these choices generate in your body and in your world. And now I'm looking personally at like, okay, so I can generate cash to go to a class. So what's it going to take for me to choose things that inspire me even beyond just choosing a class? For me, that's where I'm at. Like, okay, I've got that creating a class thing nailed. And this is what you're going to look at in your world. It's like, there's going to be certain things where you're like, okay, this is easy for me now. So now what can I choose that's actually going to inspire me and instigate me into creating greater? And that's where you're at, Tracy. It's like, okay, so I have this credit card that I could just keep using like a, you know, two-bit whore. Or I can start generating and creating in a different way. So what would that be like? And what choices could I make that would create that? I know that's really hard. And Andra, and I might have already answered this. Is there a problem in not choosing big enough? Anything about the balance of income outcome that must be somehow? I don't fully understand that question, but I'm going to go back to like, yeah, you have to choose big enough to inspire yourself. And big enough is relative to you. Like you can't look at anybody else's life. I tried that for so long. I looked at everybody else's life. I'm like, well, they're doing that and they're doing that. So I can do that. And uh, tried creating from other people's realities and that never works because your reality is so unique to you. And so this will be something you have to play with. You know, what is big enough for you? Find out, find out, start choosing things so that you can, you're like, okay, I'm going there. How are you going to get there? No idea. <laughs> What's required? Okay, well, I require this money, this money, and this money. Okay, how many different things can I create to generate that money? That's, and that's where I start with everything. And so like this year is out creating my past expenditures, which including my car of $95,000 in past expenditures, all right? That's not a small number. And I'm like, okay, so what's it gonna take to actually do that? What's required of me? What else do I have to create and generate? Like, if my, if my primary point of view is get to work, which is what Gary says all the time to all of us, if I'm willing to adopt that as my primary point of view, get to work, what can I be, do, choose, or generate that will outcreate that with total ease? And included in all that of keeping aware of everything that's going on, keeping aware of the future, keeping aware of my cash flow, keeping aware of all of that, that has been an ongoing addition to my life, like something I've had to put in place for myself and a, and a choice I had to make for me to look, start looking and being present with my finances because the, my finances are my, the, this is my life. This is not somebody else's life. This is my life. And I wanted it to be an easy, fun place to be. And for a long time, it wasn't. For a long time, it was stressful and I was worried all the time and I, had, I was in a lot of need and a lot of lack. And I, that was the demand. The demand was that that changed because it wasn't fun to create from that place anymore. And I saw these people around me that were having ease with money and fun with money. And I was like, okay, whatever that is, whatever it takes, I'm going to have that. So my big invitation to you is what would it take to start looking at the things you're not looking at? What would it take to begin choosing your reality and start looking at what that is? What would it take for you to be the CFO of your life, of your financial reality, for you to take it in hand and actually gift your financial reality, you, and everything you're capable of? 
What would it take for you to separate your financial reality out from you? Don't make it about you. And just look at it as if you would look at a book, at somebody else's books, and go, okay, what's required here? What awareness is required here? What do I need to be or do different to radically change this? And scene. I adore you. Please share this if you liked it. And I will see you either in the 60 days or I'll see you next week.